the Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Rustrak, and I'm here with a very special guest today. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, and yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having well, me on. I'm glad to, we could time it just perfectly for you. Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks again. Oh, you're welcome. So we're doing a little things a little bit different because I normally do authors, but I just opened this up to entrepreneurs, CEOs, oh, executives, cool. and musicians. So mm-hmm. letting our listeners know that you are our CDO, makeup guru, and you have so many hats that I can't even go through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> there are quite a few. So where would you like to begin? Which, what is the most I'm important gonna, right now? I'm going to, you know, I'm happy to start with being a CEO. I can talk about, you know, uh, being a makeup artist. I, I, And then I'd love to <laughs> chat about, you know, raising awareness for sepsis. I can talk about kids, you know, whatever you want to talk about. I'm, okay. Let's I'm, start with your company. Let's start there. Okay, great. Okay. How did you come up with your company? My company started, um, I was a makeup artist, and I was on vacation with some, my, my children, uh, my husband. At the time, we were all in Hawaii, and my kids had finally learned to swim. And one of my friends was a German model. She's so funny. And she said, honey, look it. All the kids are swimming. We're pretty girls. No one knows we're mommies. And I just started laughing. I'm like, what does that even mean? She goes, you know, we're just being pretty. Like, our life's not real. It's pretty for five minutes. And I'm like, that is a brilliant name for um, a company, a makeup company. That's what I'm going to name my company. So I went in and called my attorney and asked him to trademark it. And I started from there. I, uh, I formulated the lip glosses and lip plumper with a chemist and mm-hmm. named them. It took a lot longer than I had expected, actually. Well, dealing with chemicals and things yeah. like that is going to take longer. It's yeah, just... I literally thought it was going to be a few days, try on some colors, and, you know, I wanted it to be natural, I wanted it to be hydrating, I wanted it to be anti-aging, and, you know, I wanted the colors to be very specific. You know, I'm self-funded, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I didn't have an endless supply of money. So I, you know, form. it took some time to formulate the, the stickiness of the formula because I wanted it to last a long time, and then mm-hmm. to get the colors, you know, I tried it on all my friends of, you know, that are all different colors and skin tones. And so I, it took almost over a year actually for it all to finally come together to to launch. See, this is something that that we don't think about when you go into a new company, we start building something. We all have this idea it's going to happen overnight. And the truth is it doesn't happen overnight or in a few days. It takes no, oh, a long time. Yeah, it's so it takes- funny. One of my, yeah, a long time. One of my clients um, is a celebrity chef named Tyler Florence. And, you know, he started a bunch of companies as well. And we were talking about it one day we were doing a shoot. And I did, he said, so how's your company going? I'm like, good. It's just like, gosh, I can't believe how long everything takes, you know? And he said, you know, mm-hmm. if it was this easy, everyone would do it. And it's, probably best that we don't know how long it takes because maybe we wouldn't you know if we did if we knew all the obstacles and how long it was going to take you know perhaps you know we wouldn't go for our dreams so I guess it's probably best that I didn't know and I'm glad that I did it 
Well, that's a good way to look at it. Me, I went into yeah. my company as I'm playing long ball, not not the short game. So I was like, yeah. I know this is going to be next 30 days. It's going to be within the next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that that's was just, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, just my mindset. But yeah. you're also a fashion commentator. Yes, I write um, soap opera digest. Um, I, I'm i kind of a celebrity basher. So um, my editor will send me, she's in New York, and she'll send me, you know, different images of celebrities that were either, you'd be shocked how many different actors started out on soap operas. So mm-hmm. um, anyone that's ever been on a soap opera, Robin Wright, um, Robin Wright Penn, um, Lisa Rinna, Kelly Ripa, they've all been on soap opera. So anytime they're at a red carpet event, my editor will send me images and then I have to think of something, you know, relatively witty and creative to say about it in pretty much one line. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's a fun, fun job, too. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. It's definitely fun. <laughs> I mean, we all like to be witty and smart aleck and everything within one line when the celebrities involved. Exactly, just, you know, and then it is it's fun. It, it's also, you know, it's fun until one of them calls you and, and is like, I can't believe you said that. And so that's happened uh, yeah. a couple of times. I mean, we, we see on the red carpet some of these, co- or not costumes, dresses or outfits that they wear, and like, what are they thinking? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Like, what were you thinking or your stylist, or maybe you need to find a new one. So that's kind of, you know, but, you know, you can only say that so many times. So you have to think of yeah. more, you know, you, can't, you know, you can only say that literally once. And then people are like, okay, that was boring. Do you have anything else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but generalizing, because we can't go through every, you know, thing that we can say. That's true. That is true. Yes. So now, you I, also uh, what else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, I'm sorry. You you also are raising awareness about sepsis. Now this is a personal thing for you. And yes, it is. Um, yeah. My my husband. Um, I was married to Ken Flack for eight years. He was a professional tennis player. Um, he was he and his partner Rob Saguso were number one in the world. Uh, they won w- numerous Wimbledon's, U.S. Open. They were on the Davis Cup team. They won a gold medal in Seoul for tennis. Um, so my husband um, got bronchitis, and it turned into pneumonia. And we had call- we are with um, Kaiser uh, Medical Group. And they they have you call in instead of going in to have a doctor's appointment. Before you can set up a doctor's appointment, they have you do this call in, um, speak right. to someone, to a nurse. So we did that, and they they said, oh, your immune system has been compromised. You know, it sounds like you're really sick. We'll have the doctor call you immediately. Um, a couple hours later, the doctor called and spoke with my husband and gave him cough medicine with codeine and an inhaler but no antibiotic, even though he had infection in his nose and throat and everything. Um, So when my husband called me and said, hey, can you go pick up my medicine for me? He told me the first two drugs. And and I said, well, what about an antibiotic? And they said, no, he said it's, you know, viral and that I don't need it. And I said, that's odd. Then why would they give you cough medicine and an inhaler? 
So anyway, I didn't think anything right. more because I trusted what the doctor had said. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband, you know, took the cough medicine, went to bed and did the inhaler. And then the next morning was spitting up blood and was so much worse. And at the time, I just like couldn't believe, like, how is it possible that he's worse than he was 12 hours ago? So I got him into the car. I rushed him to the emergency. He walked in, spitting up blood. Uh, he, they put him on life support within two hours. They just couldn't get his breathing under control. They told me they were going to innovate him, which, and, and clear out his lungs, which to me, I thought they were just putting him under to clean out his lungs. I did not know that it was life support. They never told me that it was life support. And I, after that, uh, I told my husband, I said, sweetie, they're going to clear out your lungs. They're going to put you to sleep for a little bit, clear it out, and then you'll feel better and we'll go home. I promise. And that was the last thing that I said to my husband. He, the last thing he said, you know, could respond to me because he didn't regain consciousness after that. So, um, you know, that was horrible. And then it just kept getting worse. They, they, they didn't give him an antibiotic for over three and a half hours. So by this time, the sepsis had totally, you know, taken over his body and his organs. His arms and legs started turning black. Uh, when I brought in a specialist to, to discuss what we were going to do with the, with the discoloration in his arms and legs, they said, well, if he survives, uh, we're going to have to amputate. And I said, excuse me? No. If my husband, you know, can't hit a golf ball, drink a beer, you know, I, yeah, you know, he's going to kill. Like, I don't even know what to do. So, you know, it was a horrible decision to have to make, you know, to, to take my husband off life support. But, you know, he, and he couldn't survive on his own. His organs had completely shut down and, um, and he passed away within a few moments after we took him off life support. So after that happened, um, my children are devastated. But I also felt that because of well, the sepsis alliance actually contacted me to see if I would be willing to for them to use Ken's likeness um, on some of their campaigns. And if I would be willing to speak to raise awareness using, you know, my husband's name. And I said, yes, absolutely, because I feel that. When someone, you know, has a large platform, you know, like an athlete or celebrity or whatever, I think, you know, it's a choice how you want to use it. And I thought it would be, you know, appropriate. And I, I, I felt like that was what I wanted to do. It was going to help my grieving it's process, totally but it was also, yeah. And I also wanted to help other people not feel what I was feeling, the loss that I have and that my children have um, of the loss of their father and, my husband was an amazing human being. He was funny and smart and kind, and he was just a million things. And it wasn't because he was famous. It was because he was just special and loving, and he adored his children. He adored my children. Um, he was a real character, and I miss him every day. I really, really do. I mean, it's, it's sad that we have to go through this extreme and you go to this much loss in order for doctors to omit. Oh, 100%. And that's another thing that I, besides, I really want there to be change in the medical system, that doctors are required to see their patients, not just, you know, try and 
diagnose them over the phone because it's, you know, this is what happens when doctors don't see a mm-hmm. patient, you know, you know, there's a very high risk that something could happen. And, you know, no one wants to lose lives. And Kaiser, unfortunately, puts it into their business plan as loss of life and giving bonuses to their doctors for, you know, seeing fewer patients. And I think it's disgusting, quite frankly. And I think that has to change. Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, why would you award someone for loss of life? That That's just... Exactly. Because it's a numbers game to them, you know. It's just part of their, you know, it's just it's just terrible. And I just feel that, you know, I respect, you know, the medical system and doctors so much, and so did Ken. And we never, you know, I would question certain things, but if the doctor didn't think that the antibiotic wasn't appropriate, I wasn't going to push it further. You know, now, right. you know, two years later, like if the same situation occurred, I'd be like, oh, hell no. Uh, I want a second opinion and we're getting something else. Like I would never, ever be as risky. You know, I would never allow what I allowed to have happen. I just didn't know. I really, truly did not know. Right. I totally had faith in the doctors and our system. I just trusted it. And you really have to go with your gut and push when you feel like if you know your body and that's the thing with sepsis, it's uh, like a pain and a cold you didn't know exist. So if, you know, your listeners want to go to sepsis.org to see, you know, different about to learn more about it, there's absolutely Mm -hmm. all the different symptoms that, that Kaiser, I mean, not Kaiser, that, you know, that sepsis has. So for example, I will tell you right now, it's, so there's a thing called time with sepsis and what they, what it is, is time is temperature, infection, mental decline, and extremely ill. So T for for temperature is it's either higher or lower than normal. Uh, You may have signs of infection and symptoms of an infection. And then M is for mental decline. You might feel confused, sleepy, or difficult to rouse. And then E is extremely ill. I feel like I might die, severe pain or discomfort. So you know how you feel when you have a cold. You know, you feel kind of yucky. Well, this is kind of like how I would explain like childbirth. You don't know until you really experience it, but you actually do feel like you're dying because you are. So if anyone is feeling any of those symptoms when they have a cold or infection, they absolutely just need to go upon a blood test at the emergency or at their doctor. And in 20 minutes, you'll know if you have sepsis. And if you do, and they get you on the proper antibiotics, you will absolutely survive. But there's no tomorrows with sepsis. It's very unforgiving. And if you have, you know, if you're, if you're becoming septic and you're thinking you're going to wait until tomorrow, it's too late. I'm glad that you're we're doing this now, especially with the viruses and things going around the country Absolutely. and around the world right mm-hmm. now. It's very important exactly. that people are heightened awareness of this. Absolutely. It's not just the normal awareness that we need anyways, but when mm-hmm. you add in destructive viruses that we are currently not 100% under control of, Mm -hmm. we need extra vigilance. Absolutely. 
And you are absolutely right about that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is an appropriate time to be talking about this because the coronavirus, you know, it's probably going to lead to more sepsis, septic, you know, people getting sepsis. So I'm hoping, yes. and I, you know, I want people to just start dialogue. I hope that people hear this interview and, you know, will speak to their children or their friends and it just to people to be aware of it. Because if, you know, Ken and I were absolutely unaware We've never heard of sepsis. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And so right. I wish I had been aware. We don't know this because we are kept in the dark for so many different things, unfortunately. I mean, it's not – we live our lives pretty much being spoon-fed what they want us to know unless we go the extra mile to learn something, but we don't tend to learn things unless a tragedy happens. Correct. Well, you wouldn't have need to, like, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't even know it existed. So there's not, you know, it's not like you're trying to avoid it. It's just, you're completely unaware. And so raising awareness for these types of, of diseases is so, so important. Exactly. I'm trying to word it in a way that makes sense to all the listeners at the same time. So I'm like, uh, yeah. what can I say? That's the hardest yeah. thing is finding the words to say properly to get the dialogue out there. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, again, um, if anyone has any questions or wants to read more about sepsis, you can go to sepsis.org. And there's all kinds of information, you know, for your listeners to just educate themselves a little more to pass it on to other people. Yes, because th- this is a dialogue we need to start having with people. It's not just, oh, absolutely. Hey, it's just something we're talking about on the radio. No, this is something we need to open the dialogue. I say this with authors. I say this with entrepreneurs. There's certain things that we have to have dialogue with and this is a very important one I completely agree yeah I agree yeah no it's true absolutely so um I had also started um an educational fund at the Northern Light School uh in Ken's name called the Mm -hmm. Ken Flack Educational Fund at the Northern Light School in Oakland I became involved with that school oh my gosh like 14 years ago, um, during Christmas, my children, I have always taken them to like Christmas teas in San Francisco to decorate gingerbread cookies. And it was always such a special thing. And I went to this school. I had heard amazing things about it and I went to visit it and, you know, I could tell that they obviously weren't going to, they didn't have the funds to like to do such a thing because it is expensive. Um, and I thought, you know what, everyone, every child should have this type of experience that my children had had. So I got a bunch of my girlfriends together and our children. Um, I went to a, a factory that made teddy bears. They donated them. I've got a bunch of people to donate like fabric and buttons and ribbons. Um, we had gingerbread cookies made at the bakery and we brought all kinds of frostings and sprinkles to decorate for the kids to have that experience. And it was so great that, you know, our children were able to participate in helping other children have that same experience. And, so many years had gone by and I, you know, students had come back for different events at the Northern Lights School. And they told me like, 
I still have my teddy bear. I brought it to high school. I brought it to college and it, you know, I still have it. It's like my good luck charm. And I thought, wow, how great that, that, you know, that they had that experience and they had that memory, you know, so that was great. And so after Ken, my, my, one of my children, uh, when I, I have twins that are 13 and one passed away um, when he was four and a half months old on Christmas. And so after his name was Bo, um, I started the baby Bo fund at the Northern Lights school. And so we were raising money for that. And um, there's a Vita blue does a celebrity golf tournament every year. And my son, Ben, his twin uh, goes and hits, a golf ball on this third, the fifth tee. And he raised like the first year was like 3,006, eight. And in this past October, um, he raised $35,500 for our funds at the school. I know I'm so incredibly proud of Ben. He's so amazing. And he, and you know, he's so bashful and he's like, mom, it's not a big deal. And I said, Ben, I don't think you realize the magnitude of it three kids are going to be able to go to private school for a year because of what you did today. And so I also feel when, you know, someone passes away, you know, we have a choice on how we're going to grieve and how, if if we're going to be choose to be happy or choose to stay in this grieving place. And so for me, my normal place is to be happy and in love and, you know, doing positive things. That's where we need to be. Correct. But so I just felt like starting um, fund for Ken um, and helping raise money for for that, for the school was going to help others, which was inevitably going to make me feel better. So and my kids. So and I just think it's a really great thing for people at a, you know, kids at a young age to learn to be philanthropic and to give to others and to help if you can to raise money to help others have a better life. Exactly. So. I that's something with my company. We do a lot of charity work. We do the anthologies, mm-hmm. but we do a lot of charity work because mm-hmm. even though I'm just starting out, I want to be known. I need to help people. It's not just mm-hmm. me wanting to have a company to make money, which is great, mm-hmm. but I need to help other people be happy. Absolutely. No, it's it's a really wonderful feeling to be able to help others, and it's really important. And I think none of – I mean, I never think I do enough, even though I know I do a lot, but I think every you know, if everyone did their part and helped, they would be happier, but the world would be a better place because there would be so much – I think you feel so good when you help others, and then if you see that, you know, lives are changed, then they're going to be happier. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think it's good for everyone around. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you help someone, you're putting the positive vibes back into the universe. For sure. A smile no, is just as contagious as a frown. This is things that will, sure. yeah. So would you rather share a frown or a smile? Absolutely. No, I I think it's just, it's really, they say that happiness is a choice and, you know, I choose to be happy and I want, I want to help other people. And and, and honestly, I feel that it, it's honoring Ken and my son, Bo. I feel that doing these things in their name keeps their memory and their spirit alive. And I, 
that is, you know, priceless to me to be able to do that. Exactly. You have to do things in the memories of your loved ones that, A, bring you joy, B, keep their memory alive, and C, keep things positive in your heart. Absolutely. There's so m- we need so much stuff going on right now that positive thinking, positive influences are in short supply. That's true. So I. So we we yeah. need stuff like this. No, definitely. I think it's really, you know, and people can look and, you know, in their communities and their schools, there's always people that are needing people's, you know, help, but you know, support and and financially, obviously, and you know, mm-hmm. every, you can help in your way. You know, every, any person can is able to do that. It just really is a phone call. And then once you get involved, it's like, oh, my gosh, this was easy and it was fun and it feels so good. And it just keeps spiraling the positivity. And, and that, you know, if you can help children go to a private school that they normally wouldn't have the opportunity, I mean, why would you, how could you not? Right. But we can also take this down to a public school. Go to your PTA. Do big sales for your school. Do absolutely. Definitely. Little things. All those, it doesn't have all those things to help. be a big thing. Yes, it doesn't no. have to be a big thing. We're talking big things. It can be something small. I mean, let's see, when my daughter was in kindergarten, she was in the public school, I did make cakes and stuff for their cakewalks, and there was to be smashed and stuff like this. It was like they're paying money to raise money for the school, What's the harm in buying a $2 box of cake mix? Exactly. So no, it I definitely doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have no, to be a big it, thing. No, and now everyone can help in their way, and the way that they feel comfortable in. Exactly. Now, we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners find you, your company, and more about your products? Uh, you can find me, my, the website for Pretty Girl Makeup is prettygirlmakeup.com. Uh, if anyone would like to see my portfolio, it is christinaflack.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, at christinaflackmakeup, and at prettygirlmakeup, which is spelled P-R-E-T-T-Y-G-I-R-L-M-K-U-P. Um, and if anyone you know, has any questions or wants to get a hold of me, my email is Christina at prettygirlmakeup.com. See? And I'll have all those links for you in the YouTube video, at least in the comment description section, if I can continue to talk today. Because (laughs) you have so much information to put, Albany information, the septic information, the charity work. You have all this information so it's important to have all that information put out there with youtube or or our videos definitely and if anyone you know has any questions on sepsis they can go to sepsis.org to look and if you have any feeling at all that you might be septic just please go to the doctor quickly and get a blood test and you know get on the right antibiotic and then you'll be okay Yes, please, especially with everything going on with the world right now. 
go to the doctor. Don't just make a phone call and say, oh, I don't feel good. Can you give me an inhaler? No, go see the doctor. Insist on seeing doctors. Absolutely. You have to be your own advocate. And, you know, I tried so hard when Ken got sick to do everything I could to, you know, help him through this. And it just, it was too late. It was, you know, I couldn't, you know, I didn't, wasn't the one giving the antibiotic. There was nothing I could do. So, and it's a horrible feeling to feel so helpless, you know, that you can't help the person you love, you know? Yeah. It's a horrible, I ended up watching my grandfather pass away in 99 because of, um, miscalculation during surgery mm-hmm. that should have been yeah there's return. so many right yeah uh, there's so many cases of, of things like this it's so sad so i understand from that point of view it's just it's horrible but you have to be your own advocate absolutely but it was so wonderful to have you on the show today and thank I you would so l- much for having me i really appreciate it of course, and we want to get this message out there as soon as possible. Thank so, you. I again, really appreciate it. And have a wonderful, wonderful day and you a as well. Career. Thank you have so nice much. Day. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.